think even like soul cycle to be totally honest probably helped with my anxiety because I was forced every day to be in uncomfortable situations to address rooms of 60 people and do public speaking so I think due to therapy and my soul cycle journey mm-hmm. and even doing things like podcasts and video interviews and all yeah and having to be in the public eye has helped me because it's just like it's practice essentially and being forced to not forced but having opportunities to challenge my anxiety ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 68 of the neuro experience podcast i'm louise nicola i am your host and today i hope you're ready to laugh because jera foster stops by little background on Jera. I'm completely and utterly inspired by her and her story. Uh, In 2015, she was a graphic designer and at the time she was going through enormous stress and she was suffering from social anxiety. She was falling in love with health and fitness at the time and decided to become a soul cycle instructor. Now to become a soul cycle instructor, you have to undergo 10 weeks of rigorous training. At the end of her first 10 weeks, she was denied the position for unknown reasons. But Jera didn't give up. She decided this is what her path was. This is what she was meant to be doing. So she then went through the training again for another 10 weeks. She pushed herself so much. And at the end, she became a soul cycle instructor here in New York City. It's now 2019. Jera has quit her job. She's gone through so many different changes in her life, in her personal life, her work life, but she's built up a following. If you see her on Instagram, she's known as Jera Bean. She's empowering women to feel comfortable in their own skin. She's inspired so many women throughout the world and she's here to tell her story, her successes, her failures. We get real deep, real personal. I hope you love it. Let us know. Let's get into the episode. Jera, welcome to Everlast Headquarters. Welcome to the Neuro Experience Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. You are so excited. I can oh, see yeah. Oh, my God. Big smile on my face. face. You got cool. dressed up. I love it. <laughs> um, look, one of the first questions that I ask everybody on the podcast is how do you start your morning? Such a good question because I feel like I should have a really great put together answer for you. Like I wake up early and then I meditate and then I journal for an hour. But I am in this part of my life where every single day of mine currently is so different Mm. and there's such a lack of routine that my mornings don't have much of a routine to them and I wish they had more. However, I have at least one thing (laughs) that I do. I make very special coffee. Um, So I make my coffee and I put like all these things in it. I have this collagen stuff and this CBD oil and this like uh, some sort of adaptogenic powder and some ghee butter and like the bulletproof oil stuff and I at minimum do that and start my day with some strong delicious coffee. Yeah, it's like Honestly, it's like prayer. The way I make my coffee in the morning, if somebody interrupts me, it really upsets me. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I can't talk to you unless I've had at least one cup of coffee. Like, yeah. don't attempt any conversation. <laughs> Which brings me, actually, before we get into it, for everybody watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, Jera is absolutely incredible. She provides so much humor on her Instagram. Thank which. You. You know, brings me to this question. You know, you're about empowering women to live their lives true to who they are and to be comfortable in their skins. And I resonate with that a lot because for me growing up, I was, you know, parents were born and raised in Cyprus, Mm -hmm. in Greece. I was the Greek girl, the chubby girl growing up. 
hairy legs, one eyebrows, never, I never fitted in. And, you know, we didn't have social media obviously growing up. And so it was a constant struggle for me. My body, uh, you know, and I'm very real with that. My body has always been my biggest I would say my constant thing that I'm always thinking about. Sure. I think I've been on a diet since I was about 12 years old. Oh. So when you say, and you know, when you bring that to life, being comfortable with who you are and you take photos and images of really you, you know, you put photos up of cellulite and things like this, not sure, that you probably yeah. have any. I No, I got some. I, I got some. <laughs> I love that. So I want you to talk to me about that journey. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I think that the body acceptance portion of my life has been even more emphasized in the last nine months because mm. for those of you who don't know, um, I was a soul cycle instructor for about a year and a half. Um, and I had a bit about a year journey leading up to becoming a soul cycle instructor. So soul cycle was heavily two and a half years of my life and my body is naturally lean. I have a fast metabolism. So when you added the six to seven days a week of teaching, Jeez. one to three classes a day, burning at least 500 calories a class for sure. I um, lost like all the fat on my body. I was teeny, teeny, tiny. And since leaving Soul Cycle at the end of April, my body has changed. So it's been like nine or 10 months now. And um, I've gained some weight back, I've gained some fat back. And it just feels really good because mm-hmm. I feel. I feel good on the inside. So I'm accepting of my body on the outside. And because I feel so good about that process, and I know so many people do not, I try to be really open with that journey and sharing that process just to let know people that I've been going through similar things as them. And it's okay to have your body change, especially as a woman. Yeah. Um, So yeah. I bet you get so many people writing into you saying, you make me feel so good. You've changed my life. And you know, you just make me feel like I'm normal because I think social media, that's where we're living right now. 2019, we're all on Instagram. We're all, you know, looking through people's photos and, you know, some, some, sometimes we're judging ourselves thinking, well, why aren't I as thin as that? And why don't I look like that? So it's nice to see the real authenticity because I think social media is, can be a scary world. Absolutely. So when you post, you know, who you are, I'm sure you, you get a lot of people who say, you know, you inspired me. Absolutely. I think those moments of vulnerability, whether you're sharing something about your body or something on the inside, like mental health and anxiety, or I'm like listing all these things that I have shared, like breakups in the past or career changes or family sickness, these were used to Instagram as the highlight reel, which to a degree can be fun because we like to celebrate people. We like to look at beautiful images that have Mm. been crafted. But at the same time, I think it's really the moments of connection. um, That's where they're formed from the moments of vulnerability. Mm. So I have found over the last almost four years that when I share those moments that are down, um, that's when people truly want to connect and feel like they're part of the journey. And it feels like not not just that they're following me, but that there's a community. So mm. those moments of vulnerability are really where the strength is built and that connection is built. Mm. So, okay, for a lot of us don't know exactly how you got to where you are today. We know that you're a soul cycle instructor. So what are you doing now? Talk to me about, uh, I guess, the last 12, 18 months. 
So the last um, nine or ten months, I after I left SoulCycle, so I've been do, I've been a full time influencer, digital content creator. I feel like there's mm. no real solid word. Like influencer is a yeah. little bit of an iffy word, so I try and like beef it up with something else. Um, but before that, I was teaching at SoulCycle for uh, a year and a half. Leading up to that, I was in SoulCycle training essentially for a year, and then before that, I was a graphic designer. So that's like what I like to call my former life. So that's sort of the uh, succinct journey if we backtrack um, of what I was doing the last couple of years. And going through this journey, because I know for me, I know throughout my, uh, when I was, I, I would say when I got my first job at around 14, I think I've had about 52 jobs in my lifetime. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Like, <laughs> seriously, I've had so many jobs through school, through university, um, through grad school. And it's so funny, uh, you know, there's never been a, a set path for me. Yeah. And now, you know, you don't just go to college, graduate and get a job. Now it's, you know, it's scary. You know, yeah. you don't know where you're going. You have to, and for you, you know, you have to work for yourself. You can't just have a day off. So I guess what I want to know is with this, you know, with this life, this mm. influence life, what is, I know it looks amazing on, you know, it sure. looks amazing, but I'm sure there are some t- days that are difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that I um, feel like I hold the weight of a lot of what my followers and community send to me because I'm so open with my life and talk about so many different aspects of through uh, of things that I go through, people feel like they're my friend, which is great. That's what yeah. I want people to feel. Um, I don't want there to feel like there's this huge like barrier, like I'm you know an influencer, a celebrity. Like cause I don't. Yeah. That's not how I feel about myself. I want to feel connection. But with that, people write me about really heavy things wow. <laughs> all the time, um, which. You know, at some point, I can't. I'm not a professional, so I can't give advice mm. about certain things. But I do my best to offer at least solace or like a, a virtual shoulder for them yeah. to kind of lean on a little bit. So um, there is a lot of emotion, I think, attached to the job that people don't necessarily know from the outside. Which also brings me to my next point: is that I do my best to respond to all my comments and DMs. Um, sometimes I get really behind, and like there's some that I don't answer for a couple of weeks, and I just have to sit and sort of plow through them all at once. Um, but there's like these moments that, you know, people think it's like, oh, traveling and free stuff, which it absolutely is. I'm not denying that. But there is sort of this um, like day-to-day quote unquote like labor that goes into it that people don't necessarily know and appreciate um, until they hear someone speaking about it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess there's, there's a lot of hard things um, going, just being very open about my life is usually easy for mm. me just because I've been in the routine of sharing what I do for the last three and a half years. But sometimes like I feel crappy and I don't want to post on stories that day. Um, and I don't want to create anything. And that's challenging because it's my job to create and it's my yeah. job to essentially be a personality too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those You've are just You've got to be things. on 24-7. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. You've yeah. got to be on 24-7. But at the on the flip side of that, I think I am real and balanced with what I share. And if I'm going through something challenging, I'm also not afraid to share that. Yeah. You touched on two things and I want to get into it because this is pretty much the first time that I've had someone on that were really dissecting that whole Instagram influencer life. Um, What are some, you know, you said people just see the end product. Yeah. It's like a business, you know, people just see, oh, just she got a great podcast. It's like, do you know what you go through to actually get one episode up? So what what does somebody have to do? What's the back end of it? 
So I like to give a little behind the scenes sometimes on my Insta stories because I think it's not just like Instagram and influencer, uh, the arena, like people want, like to know the behind the scenes of, mm. of anything, um, especially if they don't have an understanding of it. So I do like to give a peek behind the curtain sometimes. I actually did that really recently um, when I was preparing for a photo shoot for the day for sponsored content because people these days, like we, we're all familiar with, with sponsored content and ads and people get... I think frustrated when they see it and they just want the free content from yeah. the influencer that they follow. But like for me right now, that is my sole source of income. I don't have any other money coming in besides the brand partnerships that I do. Yeah. Would I like to change that so my eggs aren't like all in one basket? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'm working on it. Um, so ads are super important. Like I fully support myself. I pay my rent, my phone bills, mm. my insurance. Um, I'm like a one woman show here. So that is how I fund myself. Mm. Um, but I think that people, once they have an idea of what goes into creating either a regular post or a sponsored post, they have a lot more appreciation for it. Mm. So this isn't the case all the time. Sometimes it moves much quicker, but an ad you see on Instagram, there might be months of work behind that between the brand or a manager reaching out, the contract, the negotiations, legal, um, creative briefs. And then once that's all done, I have to hire my photographer. I go buy outfits usually because I want Mm. like fresh looks. Um, I do... like pose inspiration that I'll gather. Um, sometimes I will book a location, like I'm paying my own money for all these things and then have a shot list. I pack up my bag. I do my own hair. I do my own makeup. I have like my own shot list and it's it's a lot that goes yeah. into it because if I'm walking into um, like a photo shoot with Adidas, all that stuff is planned out for me. I'm just showing up and I'm like the talent essentially. Yeah. But when I do my own content, I am everything essentially except for the photographer. Um, so if there's a lot of yeah. thought and effort and also money that goes mm. into creating content that people might not be aware of. This is a thing that I, I hope that uh, anybody listening, especially, you know, around that age group of 19 to 25 where they're like, I just want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> do you know what you have to do? It's not just glitz, glamour. It's, you know, it's really, really hard work for little to know. You don't know what the end outcome is going to be. At least when you yeah. go to a job, you know, I have to turn up. I clock in, I get my paycheck, whereas this, you just don't know. So you've got to have some sort of, uh, I guess, strong mindset to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So you need the passion. You yeah. need You need everything. the work ethic. All you it. need to be able to you know, be competitive as well. Yeah. Because everyone in New York City, people come here, it's a city of dreams. Absolutely. So what have you had any, any type of challenge that you want to talk about? Because... I love getting into that. I love really understanding who you are. So, Jera, oh I, I know that your challenges make you who you are today. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, I have gone through so many challenges within the last three years or so. So, mm. we, you can pick your poison mm-hmm. here. We could talk about anxiety. Uh, we could talk about my soul cycle journey, um, breakups. I mean, there's so, there's quite a few. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, I'd love you to touch on soul cycle because, okay. you know, touch on soul cycle, you, your journey there, how you moved away from that. And then we'll get into the anxiety part. Okay. Great. Yeah. I love talking about anxiety. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so soul cycle um such a important and transformative chapter of my life. Mm. So I created my Instagram account 2015, a couple months after I rediscovered soul cycle. I'd taken classes before, but I fell back in love with it since I was so like heavy into my fitness journey because my account was mostly just fitness when I started. And I remember being in class one day and I was like 
oh my God, like what if I could become a soul cycle instructor? And I, it was like this crazy pipe dream. And I just started like sort of growing inside of me and I just felt this intense passion and I had to mm. make it happen. It's quite a long story, so I will keep it succinct, but I had to audition twice. I then got accepted into the 10-week training program, which for those people who don't know, there is a 10-week training program what? to become a soul cycle instructor. Damn. It's I want to do it just for fitness. Uh, I mean, you, you might cry a lot too, <laughs> so if you need to like release some tears, that might be yeah. um, But I went into the 10-week training program. This is like spring, summer 2016, completed the 10 weeks and did not pass. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I essentially failed. Yeah. And they told me if I wanted to become a soul cycle instructor, I would have to redo the 10 weeks. And it was this like crazy traumatic thing in my head after giving everything I possibly had and also having like 70,000 people at the time following me to have this like public failure. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I decided to go back, redid the training program, started teaching December 2016, and then taught through April 2018. So close to a year and a half that I taught. I f- I'm I fucking love you for the fact that you did that. No, I I I have so much respect for the fact that you did that. You you know you failed. A lot of people would have quit. Ten Absolutely, weeks I almost did. What did, what I was it based did. on? Like you weren't good enough. You weren't fit enough. It was vague, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They weren't like you need to work on these yeah. three things. Um, it was definitely a confidence issue, and they just felt like I wasn't ready. You know they, what? That I wasn't just ready reminds to lead me of like uh, you know a boyfriend. You know, I, it's not you, it's me. Yes, yeah, okay. yes, kind of of that nature. Okay. And at first, I was like, I will do anything it takes to to go through training again and and attempt this uh, training process to make it happen. And then it's like I don't remember all the stages. Like there's anger and sadness and like mm. all those feelings. Yep. I feel like grief. I went through yep. yeah grief. I think I went through all those phases. And at, then I was like, I'm not going to do this. This is crazy. Like I'm going to go off and do my own thing. I don't need them. Yeah. And then I sort of felt that pang of like, oh my goodness, let me try this again. I rather say yes to myself in the moment right now and then give myself the opportunity to say no later rather than saying no now and like always kind of wondering a little bit. Um, so I went back, did the training. I have to say the second round of training was completely, it was like black and white, completely yeah. different experience. The first time I was scared, confused, having no idea what was going on. Second time was like powerful. I was a leader. I was able to be a resource for everyone else mm. in my group. Um, and that felt really good because I enjoy being in that position and helping people and giving advice. And uh, I passed with flying colors. So Amazing. that was a crazy process just to have the highs, such extreme highs and extreme yeah. lows. So you started on 70K bef- like when you were at Peloton. I mean, uh, sorry. Soul, soul cycle. cycle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I was around that. Yep. Yep. So um, I have been throughout Soul Cycle, obviously, I was doing that, but then it's always been a part time job to, mm. or I mean, kind of like two full time jobs actually, um, to maintain and grow and yeah. foster the Instagram mm. part of my life. Um, and then I decided to leave Soul Cycle and I've been doing Instagram full time since wow. April. So it's been like, nine, 10 months. Soul Cycle would have taught you so much about the fitness industry in New York City, about oh yeah, fitness, health, your own body, how to manage work and lifestyle in this crazy city. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I, it's funny because it's like maybe it taught me that, but maybe it didn't just because 
I don't think people understand how challenging it is mm. to be a soul cycle instructor or even a fitness instructor. Mm. But I say soul cycle because I feel like soul cycle is one of the few places where the instructor does the entire workout. Like yoga, they'll like demonstrate a little yeah. bit bar and like that's not to take away from what they do, but in terms of the physicality of what a soul cycle instructor gives. So I'm just thinking like, oh yeah, like balance all this stuff. I was exhausted mm. all the time. I don't think I ever truly got a handle on how to like maintain and manage my life as a soul cycle instructor. I was always so out of whack to be totally yeah. honest, teaching that much. Yeah. Why did you quit? Great question. <laughs> So many people ask me that. I think there's a lot of reasons. Mm. First, I think that anytime you put something on this like super high pedestal, whether like it's a job or a relationship or even like a Gucci bag, and then you get it, and there's sort of this like moment where it's amazing, and then the reality sets in, and if you haven't thought about what the actual reality is, it's a disappointment. Mm. So I think I put SoulCycle on such a pedestal for such a long time, and then I did it and got used to it and got comfortable, um, and the reality set in, and I don't think I was finding as much joy in it as I should have, mm. and it took me a while to sort of come to terms with that because at first I was deer in the headlights as an instructor, like everything was so new, like managing being exhausted and managing like social anxiety as a teacher and like fear yeah. of public speaking and like the intense physical nature. There's all these things that you're juggling. So once those elements started to clear, um, I was like, wait a second, do I actually really enjoy this. Um, So that was one reason. Mm. Another reason is that I just saw a lot of opportunity in what I was doing and creating with my own personal brand. And I felt that if I didn't leave SoulCycle to pursue that, ultimately I would regret it because yeah. soul, soul cycle is, is great, but it's, you're working for a company exactly. versus me. I'm my own brand. And there's so much possibility. And I felt like I, I reached sort of the ceiling where I could have been at Souls. I mean, of course, there's always more growth and you can become a senior instructor, master instructor, all of that. Um, but I saw so much more growth available to me if I left and pursued mm. my own brand, business, passions, et cetera. It probably would have propelled you a, a little bit further in the social media scene as well, being at SoulCycle, meeting a lot of people and especially going into it, 2015, 2016, um, Social media was a completely different era. Oh my god! Era. You know, you I didn't like, have like to sponsor ads back then. For exactly. That time. I'm like, why <laughs> did I not build one? Because I started um, in 2014, but I was like, you know, sharing photos of, oh, look at my green smoothie. It's oh, like, man, but that, like, like that feels that's what like you did so back simple. Then. I know, and putting I the filters on. I love it. scrolling back to the beginning of my account. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's cute. <laughs> so, is this where I really want to get into your? you know, the anxiety that you went through. Cause I know a lot of people on here will resonate with it because, you know, with neuroathletics, um, we talk all about mental health, obviously mental performance and anxiety is a huge part of that. And it can yeah. come in many, many forms. And I was talking to a doctor, um, Dr. Daniel Lieberman, he was on the podcast and, you know, two episodes ago and he described, you know, there's different forms of anxiety. Some people get, you know, minor anxiety, like they're nervous. And, yeah. But that's not, anxiety is that point where if somebody breaks down on the highway and they, you know, they need to call somebody to come and help them or they need to, you know, get their tire out and, and, you know, fix the car with it. That's, it's just normal. They get anxious, but it's sure. normal. But whereas at someone who's been diagnosed with anxiety sees that as, 
oh my God, my car's broken down, I'm going to die. That's how their brain registers it. Right. So it's like that fight or flight. That fight or flight. Oh, so yeah. how did so where did where did your anxiety come from? I wish I knew where it came from. Oh God, it'd be so nice to like just yeah. put my like that's the reason that you you're here. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh. um, but it started to develop. I would say to a point where I realized I needed to actually do something about it and treat it. Mm-hmm. When I was living in Boston many years ago, and um, I ended up having this conversation with my mom telling her all these things that I was experiencing. So my anxiety tends to manifest itself. It's social anxiety. So it manifests itself in social situations for the most part. And then I have these physical manifestations, mostly of like getting really sweaty. And it's Mm -hmm. this bad chain reaction where it's like, okay, I feel anxious. And then because I'm anxious, I start to feel sweaty. And then because I'm sweaty, now I feel more anxious and it sort of snowballs. Yeah. And I didn't realize that this was like a real problem. I ended up talking to my mom and she's like, I think you need to maybe see someone for this. Like, this is not just a random thing you're going through. This might need to be, need professional help. Mm. And sure enough, I ended up seeing a therapist specializing in social anxiety for about a year. Um, He really was life changing. It helped me big time. Um, And I think even like Soul Cycle, to be totally honest, probably helped with my anxiety because I was forced every day to be in uncomfortable situations, to address rooms of 60 people and do public speaking. So I think due to, therapy and my soul cycle journey Mm -hmm. and even doing things like podcasts and video interviews and all yeah and having to be in the public eye has helped me because it's just like it's practice essentially and being forced to not forced but having opportunities to challenge my anxiety that being said anxiety is not something that ever goes away it's Mm -hmm. something you learn to manage and something I've noticed recently like my anxiety is bubbling up more often than it has been over like the last year. Mm. So it's really interesting to notice that. And I think I'm getting to the point, I'm like, you know, maybe I actually do want to see a therapist again in in general in life. Um, Not that you need something wrong to make that happen. Um, But because now I do feel like something's a little bit unbalanced and unsteady. So um, I'm certainly not a master of like just getting rid of it. It's always been there. um, And it's sort of coming up more recently, just to be perfectly honest with you. Wow. Thank you so much for actually saying that. Yeah. It's... um, it's interesting because when it comes to anxiety and I've seen a lot of people in this city, they immediately go to medication. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and that's, you know, the rising medication right now for different, you know, disorders. Like You've got depression, you've got anxiety, a lot of, yep. you know, and that's to a level then, you know, to an extent, some people do need to be medicated. But I think that um, if you follow something every single day, if you get into a, a you know, a habitual routine where you can actually, whether it's journaling, whether it's mm-hmm. meditating, whether it's breathing, you know, a lot of the foods that we eat, the way our gut interacts with certain foods, they can actually cause anxiety. So, you know, looking mm. into the nutrition aspect. Look, yeah, look you definitely that. got to. I haven't um, looked into that too much. That's so a good, good idea. Yeah. So what are some tips you can give to people who are going through anything hard, anyone that's feeling anxious? Yeah. Well, I think if, um, I mean, of course, if you have the means or ability to to go see a therapist, especially yeah. someone who specializes in social anxiety, and I saw someone that specializes in CBT, cognitive behavioral mm. behavioral therapy, um, and I found that really um, just to work for me. But I think, like, let's say putting that aside, um, one thing to do in the moment is certainly breathing. Like, yeah. I had an event the other night that I had to host, and the thing that happens in my mind is like, okay. 
I'm going to be in a room and I'm hosting it so I can't leave and people are coming to see me, but I don't know who they are. And like, there's no escape. Like for me, it's when there's no question, 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 question. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I find when there's no escape, that's when the like quote unquote escape, like I'm not just attending the event, I'm hosting. So I have to be there. Um, That's when anxiety has been sort of bubbling through a little bit more. So before that event, I literally just sat on my couch and like was doing some simple breathing exercises for a little bit. And um, that certainly helped. And I think also to negating any bad thoughts you're having with logic also helps. So Mm -hmm. for example, in that specific situation where I'm getting anxiety about hosting an event, I'm like, okay, well, I've been to other events before. I've sort of hosted other things before. I've had situations where I'm like the center of attention and people are coming to interact with me on some level and I've been fine. Mm. It's like, why am I freaking out about this? So sort of using logic, I think, to sort of combat those negative, scary, anxious thoughts can yeah. be super helpful. 100%. There's a, there's a technique we use and it's being used in sports psychology and we use it now. It's called anchoring. It's literally once you get a thought in your head, whether it's a negative thought and you don't want to have it, you use an anchor like you could, you know, we get a lot of our athletes to click using auditory. They may click with their right hand and they immediately have to think of something positive, something like happy, that. go to their happy place. You know, thoughts are they're not real. They're just things that we've picked up over yeah. life, you know. And the only reason why you think about bad things is because somebody's taught you how to think about bad things. And that's how we've learned. And so they're not real. So going to logical, you yeah. know, what you just said um, makes a lot of sense. Because nothing is really, we're not really fearing anything real. You know, sure. you, you get anxiety because you just keep going and going. So you do need to stop it or you go down that well. Yeah. And that's when you have an anxiety attack. So I think stopping it, that's really good. Yeah, sort of nipping it in the bud if, mm. if possible. Yeah. So I want to know, what do you do for exercise now? Because you were an instructor, now you're all about, you know, I watch you and I'm like, how does she maintain this body? And then, you know, you put up what you eat. I want to get into that. Like what's a day in the life of Jera? Fitness and health-wise. Yeah, fitness-wise, I my my initial reaction is to be like, it's been a struggle since I left SoulCycle. It hasn't been a struggle. There has just been a shift because I'm no longer a fitness professional. Like that was my job Mm. was to work out like three times a day. And now that's no longer my job. And before that I was a fitness Instagram account. So like fitness was my day-to-day life. When I left SoulCycle, I was like, yo, I need a break. Like I literally need to not sweat and not move my body because I just was so overwhelmed from the last couple of years. And so I did that. I took a break. I went on vacation. Um, and then it was sort of an interesting part of my life because I moved to Brooklyn, very deep into Brooklyn and was in a new neighborhood. Um, I wasn't close to any sort of fitness studio and I, I very much thrive on group fitness versus going to a, a gym alone. And, um, so I was like kind of far away from things and not really finding the motivation to like make the trek to work out. And so it's just been this like up and down of the last nine months or so trying to sort of find my fitness identity again. Yeah. And I would say that um, in terms of what I'm doing the most, absolutely soul cycle. Like I just love soul love cycle it. and like my friends still teach. Um, so I love to go to their classes. And other than that, I've been doing a little bit of boxing, a little bit of yoga, just kind of trying to find what I enjoy doing in terms of sweating because it's still incredibly important to me. I feel good when I work out. Mm. Um, It's just not the focal point of my life anymore. But I say that with confidence and like with respect that I'm just in this new phase. Yeah. And is this new focus point your brand and building that? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. But I'm also in this point where I'm like, what am I doing next? Yeah. Like, oh, what's <laughs> what the, doing people are like, life? what are your goals? And I'm like, I hate that question. <laughs> what Which, are your goals? Oh gosh, I have <laughs> said anything. Um, no, I, I, I don't hate that question. It's just such a big question. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to know what that answer is, mm. or at least have an idea. And I, I don't. And what I feel frustrated and a little bit of like anxiety around is that I know I have this incredible platform. Yeah. I have 160,000 people following me. Um, and it's, I'm at this moment where there's, it's, it's very ripe for mm. something to happen. If I if I had an idea right now, like I feel like I could take it and run with it. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what that idea is. Is whether it's monetizing your brand as a product, as a service, sure, as a yeah. Like, am I brand partnerships? Right. Like, am I you know creating an event series? Is there a product I want to sell? Um, is there some sort of online workshop that I could create? Like, I have little inklings of ideas. Like, if I could create, um, I mean, this is this is the one thing that I have in my mind that I would like to pursue. I just don't quite know how to do it yet. But I'm all about confidence. I'm all about yeah. empowering women to feel good. Mm. Um, um, I feel most successful when I have somehow made some, like inspired someone to feel good in a little way or in a big way. Yeah. So I'm like, can I somehow create an event series that empowers women to feel confident? Like they come and it's an hour or it's, maybe it's an all day kind of retreat thing, mm. um, giving women the tool, tools to feel like fucking awesome. That's incredible. I would love Why that. Why are you sitting on that? I don't know. Exactly. All right. <laughs> um, Do I, it. Great- You've heard it now. Oh in God, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna hold me to it. No, it's good. You have to sometimes speak yeah. these things into existence. You have existence, to speak it into existence. Yeah. And you just have to literally do it. Just, I know you're with Adidas, but just follow the Nike slogan just, just do, do it. it. Okay. Don't tell Adidas. Um, <laughs> and you, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, come and be inspired by that. I love that. So that's where you're looking at now. But each day, every single day, we're just focusing on being the best version of yourself, doing what you have to do that's necessary for your brand, staying healthy, staying fit keeping up with New York City freaking Craziness. massive lifestyle yep absolutely um, so we're coming towards the end oh again. that was so fast I well, want to say we'll longer we've been going for 45 minutes <laughs> um, we're going towards the end so I want to ask you okay. a few specific questions okay? go for it I'm ready now I ask everyone this towards the end so first of all what's one piece of, of advice that you mm-hmm. could give to somebody who wants to dramatically increase increase their human potential I love this quote. I say it all the time. So if people listen to a lot of my podcasts, they're going to hear me repeat myself, but it's just the best piece of advice I've gotten over the last couple of years. And it is feel the fear and do it anyway. And I just love that piece of advice because I think a lot of the times we think we need to be fearless and like so courageous and like not have any self-doubt, but we all have that. So I think it's really powerful to acknowledge your fear and anxiety and nervousness, whatever those like quote unquote negative feelings might be, and sort of acknowledge that they're there and like repurpose them to be your fuel. Mm. Like, yo, I'm scared, but I'm still going to do this. Mm. Have you been through that before? Absolutely, yeah. It's very much so in Soul Cycle. I think that was sort of the theme of my Soul Cycle journey. And anybody who's looking at right now in 2019 in February building a brand, how do we go about it? I know it's a hard thing. I know it's different to what you did, but there's so many people out there who want and you know who are thriving to know some some tips from you. I'm going to say that my tip would be to have a unique voice 
But ultimately, I think that means to just have your authentic, real voice. So I think a lot of the times, and maybe I'm speaking a little bit more to creating a brand as an influencer rather than like a product or something like that. Um, But I think a lot of the times we think we have to be something or talk a certain way or, or, or portray our lives in a certain way. And I think one of the reasons that I've personally found success and people connect to me is that it's just me. Like I walked in here and you're like, you're you're like how you are on Instagram. And it's true. It's really just me and I think that we have to not be afraid to show and use and speak and live our own voice how we are that will set you apart ultimately but what about people who have got boring lives and I don't mean boring but I mean like get you know wake up get on the train like who wants to see that um goodness I think that everyone has something special to share and maybe maybe they're not supposed to show, show their lives on Instagram but I think we all have a unique point of view and there's someone out there whether it's on Instagram or in a podcast or even speaking one-on-one that needs to hear your story and I think you have to like have trust and belief that you've been through experiences and have knowledge that maybe not everyone wants to hear but someone will connect with and how do we get over I know I keep going I'm like we came to the end but I just no no let's let's keep going I'm here how do we get over the you know that fear of, oh my God, if I put this photo out, I may only get a hundred likes. I may only get 80 likes. And you know, how do we get over that fear of being judged? I think the most judgment is probably coming from ourselves. Mm. I don't, I think it's less of people looking in. Um, and when it comes to like the actual metrics, I mean, I'm constantly worried about likes and engagement because it's it's out there for everyone to see. It's how brands decide how they want to pay me. So like when it comes to it, myself being a business, like those numbers are more than just like, oh, I got so many likes. Like they're actually really important to making money. Mm. Um, but I always like to go back to thinking that if I put out a message and maybe it's terrible engagement that day, but one person finds some sort of solace or comfort, or even just if it's a funny post and I've made them laugh, that to me feels really successful. So if I get like, you know, a couple thousand likes, but no one gives a shit and they're like, okay, well that was stupid advice or whatever it is. Like that to me is, it's more important to get the the positive effect on one person or hopefully a little bit more than that. Um, But we have the power to um, put out these positive messages and connect with people on a deeper level, even if it's a few people. So like Mm -hmm. coming back to that notion, I think is really um, comforting. So using social media for the good, trying to change somebody else's life, trying to have a a purpose and going from there yeah I think at the core of it that's what if you're if you're doing it to if you're creating an Instagram account or a brand like to become famous and like be an influencer like okay but like what's the real foundation of it like what are you trying to do maybe you're not trying to inspire people every day with your words but like is there some meteor kind of substance behind Mm. what you're putting out there and what you want to become I think that's when you find the magic because if you're just doing it every day just to you know He's me at Central Park, you know, yeah. whereas, and not have this. You've always got a story behind every single post. And I think when it's like that, people do resonate with them. People see your authenticity. They feel comfortable with you. And that's how you build your community around you. Absolutely. Yeah. Jera, I'm so excited to come to your workshop in the future. Oh, my it's God. Happening. You've said it here first. Whoa. I'm so scared. <laughs> it's happening. Um, okay. Where can we find you? Mostly you can find me on Instagram. I'm mm. at Jera Bean, but it's Jera.Bean. A little bit on Twitter. And not so much on Facebook. Don't go on there. So stick to Instagram. Stick to Instagram. Thank you so much for being on the Neuro Experience. Thank you for having me.